thank you today for your blessings. We thank you, God, for your presence here. We thank you that you are always there. God, even times when we don't realize it, Lord, you're always for us. You'll always be with us. Lord, we thank you for this service today. We pray for Brother Darrell as he comes in a little while to deliver your word. God, we pray as we sing the remainder of these songs that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Turn with me in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, 18 through 19. There's an outline of this on the backside of your announcements this morning. Hebrews 13, 18 through 19. Let all the kiddos get by. All right, read along with me on the text, Hebrews 18, 13, 18 through 19. Pray for us, and that's where I'm going to key in on. Pray for us, for we are confident that uh, we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. But I especially urge you to do this, to pray for us, that I may be restored to you the sooner Let's read that same text out of the message, and this will be on the screen. Pray for us. We have no doubts about what we're doing or why, but it's hard going, and we need your prayers. All we care about is living well before God. Uh, pray that we may be together soon. If you're still looking at your, at your text, uh, pray for us is what I'm going to concentrate on. The rest of what the writer says it's hard for us to know exactly what he means. Uh, there's no way to know this. Sometimes I think that, uh, obviously, Hebrews 13 is the last chapter of the book. Sometimes I think, as I read through it, that it's kind of a postscript. And a lot of the Bible, a lot of the books in your Bible have that. Uh, John, chapter, John chapter 21 is like the perfect example of that, where the author includes the chapter at, at a later date. And, and I want you to think about when you read your Bible and you read the books, you read the letters, uh, try not to think of it as we would do it because it wasn't like that. If I'm going to write a letter, I'll sit down. Now, of course, we probably use a, use a computer, but 
before then, I would just take a, 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 a pen and, and ink and write, write the letter out, but it wasn't like that for them. It was a major uh, effort to write, to, to write anything. So paper and ink uh, was really hard to come by. Almost every book that you'll read in the, in the Bible uh, for them when they wrote it at that time took a long time. They didn't just sit down and write it. All right, it took days, months, and I, I suppose some sometimes years, as this, as this, this, as the story unfolds. It's impossible to know. So a lot of the books had what we would call postscript, where the author would come back and add some to the end. Like I said, John John chapter John chapter twenty one is a perfect example where John ends the book in chapter twenty, but then in chapter twenty one you have the famous story of Jesus and. Peter on the seashore beside the sea. I sometimes wonder if, if Hebrews chapter 13 isn't like that because there's so many things different from, from the rest of the book. I'm going to concentrate. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here at all. I'm going to concentrate on, on the phrase pray for us. But it includes other things in there about why he's asking them to pray for him, but he doesn't explain it. Here's another thing that when you read a letter that someone else wrote in Scripture, uh, this will happen quite a few times. You'll be reading along. I wonder what that meant. I'm not sure what he means by that. I'm not sure what's going on now there in that spot. But the people who received the letter originally, they do know. It'd be, you know, not a whole lot different at all. If if I wrote a letter to you, there's going to be kind of like some inside stuff. That I'm, going to include, that I'm going to include in the letter, I'm not going to explain it because I don't need to explain it to you because we're friends and, and you already know uh, what, I'm, what I want to say, you know, et cetera. So you don't always, when you're writing a personal letter to each other, you don't always explain everything out because they already get it. And I think that's, that's true here. So some of the things that he's talking about, I just desire to be with you. I don't think the author or the pastor is in prison. Uh, because that will come up in, in verse 23. I think he's, he's just simply somewhere else. Pray that we may be together soon. So he's just somewhere else, held, held up somewhere else. We, we don't know. They know. We don't know. Okay. Anyway, I probably spent, spent enough time on that. To make a long story short, when you read 18 and 19, I don't really know what the specifics are. That's kind of the point that I want to make here because the first three words are what I want to concentrate on and it was uh, it was on the title page the first three words no matter what translation you read pray for us another way he could put it is pray for me pray for me and that's all we're going to talk about this morning praying uh, you need prayer I need prayer and praying for each each other. Pray for me, okay? We're going to go pretty quickly. If you're looking at your outline, these will all be on the screen. <clears throat> and I always double-check myself, but I didn't double-check myself this morning. I hope all these talk about prayer. They're supposed to, okay? Uh, we're going to go down through them pretty, pretty quickly. It's going to be authors in the Scripture asking for prayer. Philippians 1.19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer 
and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote that. And Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for, hang on to that one, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Okay? Paul asking others for their help in prayer. Colossians 4, 3. Paul again, meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I also am also in chains. And James write this, writes this out of the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then we'll end that section, 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Paul again. Very simply, brethren, pray for us. Or shorten it as far as people, brethren, pray for me. Okay? All right. Dede and I, uh, when we were at the hospital with, with my mom, went found a, a pond close by. It's hard to believe there's a pond in the middle of a town like that. But in fact, I'm, gonna, I'm curious. It's a cement pond. Where have you heard that before? Beverly Hillbillies. You've got to be a little old for that one. So it's a cement pond. We walked around the cement pond, and there were quotes embedded in the concrete of the walking, of the sidewalk. So there are quotes embedded, in, and we walked the right way. I asked one, one fellow about it that I knew was walking. I said, did you read the quotes? He said, well, I, I wanted to have, but I was walking the wrong way. So they were upside down to him. So I was walking along, and I didn't, I didn't go back. I almost did. We were in Springfield again, and I almost went back. I didn't catch who wrote it. Of course, you're walking along. I mean, you've you got to read pretty, pretty fast. But I read this quote. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's on the backside of your announcements. And the last, the second sentence in it's what really caught my eye. I don't, I don't know who said it. Generosity is giving more than you have. I get that. That's not too hard. Hard to do, simple to think about. Generosity is giving more than you have. Here's the one that caught my eye, and I haven't been able to get it out of my head, and it applies to us when we talk about prayer. Pride is taking less than you need. Don't you think about that. Pride is taking less than you need. Pride is when you say, I don't, I don't need that. Now, I, I have enough. I don't, I don't need that. Yet, yes, you do. And you know you do. But pride is saying that you don't. Pride is saying that you don't have that need when you actually do. You need this, you need that, but you're pretending that you don't. Out of the book of James, uh, don't have the scripture to turn to, it won't be on the screen, but out of the, out of the book of James chapter 1, James goes into this a lot, talks about you, you have and you don't get, you pray and you, your self-control is asking for less than you want. Self-control is asking for less than you want. Pride 
is asking for less than you need. Can you associate that with prayer? Pride is asking for less than you need. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ask for that. I don't need that. Yeah, you do. You're pretending that you don't. That's pride. You need help. I don't need help. I don't need anybody to give me anything. I don't need that. Yes, you do. You're pretending that you don't. I know that's a fact I'm, I am the world's worst. Pre- pretending that I don't need that. Pre- pre- pretending I'm strong enough to do without it. But I'm not. Pride. Pride is taking less than you need. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You never thought about it like that. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, the rest of the service is not going to get better. Okay, I'm not letting you off the hook. And we're going to come to the end of it. And you can respond to it or not. You can walk out of the Lord's house a little more free because you ask for what you need. Or you can leave the Lord's house still needing as much as you ever have and pretending that you don't. It's up to you. The condition, the heart condition, the soul condition that you leave the Lord's house today is up to you because it always is. And, and we're going to spend time at the, at the end praying for what we need. Self-control is asking for less than you want. I get that. We're not talking about wants. Today we're talking about need. Okay? Now, going on, uh, I'm going to divide the fact that he said in verse 18, pray for us. Three simple words. Pray for us. Pray for me. The first one is, the first part of that is I need God's help. I need God's help. And I've been, I don't know how to say it. And a lot of places we're going to come to, to, to today, I'm, I'm not sure how to say it. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm, <laughs> I need God's help. I'm not sure how to say it. I'm not sure how to get this across to you. And I'm not sure why we don't ask for God's help. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why we can get so consumed with pride in this area. But those three words, pray for us, means part of that is prayer. I need God's help. God, I, I need you. And by saying that, I need God's help, meaning, is saying, I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. And I, uh, you know... I, I I knew how to handle last week, and I and I've uh, I knew how to handle that problem, but I don't know how to handle this week, and and I was fine last Sunday, but there's been a whole lot of things happen, you know, this week. This Sunday's not the same as last week. I need God's help. So those three words, pray for me is saying, I need God's help. It's being able to humble ourselves enough. It's humbling ourselves enough before the Lord to say, Lord, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. We talk about that all the time. And nothing I've said so far I know shocks you 
And it's nothing that you haven't heard before. It's nothing you haven't heard me preach about a hundred times. But it's humbling ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. Okay, there's that. But it gets worse than that. The next one is, I need your help to get God's help. This one's worse. This one's harder. I think every Christian, everybody who comes to church at all has heard a hundred times about prayer and uh, asking God for help with things that, that we can't do on our own. And, and I, I, I suppose there's not anybody in church this morning who disagrees with that. You didn't have any problem at all with that, with the first, with the, that last screen. <clears throat> you may not do it a whole lot, but you don't, have, you understand it. You get it. You're not opposed to it. I need God's help. But when the pastor says to his church, pray for us, pray for me. I mean, he, in a sense, says it out loud. He's asking for help. He's not just praying. If he was just praying, those three words in verse 19 wouldn't even be there. Or he would have said something like, I've really been praying. But he doesn't, he doesn't, say, he doesn't say, I'm praying. He doesn't say, I need to pray. He says, pray for me. We're going to talk to God about this, but I need your help. I need your help to get God's help. Now, this is harder. This is where we, this is where the pride comes in and says, no, 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 no. I I can talk to God on on my own. I don't need your help. But you, you, you know all the scriptures that we read? Paul asking for prayer, James asking for prayer. I looked, uh, the, the, the list is two or three times longer than that. And I, I trimmed it down just for time's sake. The places in scriptures, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Help, help me in prayer. Help me in prayer. Help, help me, pray, pray for me, help me. Is all over scripture. But our pride kicks in and says, I don't need your help. I can go to God on my own. But that's not what the Bible teaches us over and over that we do need each other's help. A similar case, an analogy, kind of the same thing would be this, this happens sometimes when maybe we're talking about people praying to be healed. Okay, I, I believe in that. Most of you do too, that God heals. But also in scripture, it talks about that there are people among us who have the gift of healing and the Bible is not changed, so, so don't change it. But there are people among us who have the gift of healing, and I know people like that, and they do have this unusual gift that when they pray, and not necessarily every time that they pray, but when they pray, uh, an unusual amount of people are healed. But the, the, the kickback on that are the people that I've talked to that say, no, I don't need to ask anybody else to help me pray to be healed. I can talk to God on my own. Yes, you certainly can. But there's no way around it that it, it's just scripturally plain that God has placed people in the body of Christ, for instance, to help us and to help pray for us. And 
I guarantee you if I need to be healed, I don't have that particular gift. I, I'd love to talk to somebody who does and ask them to help me pray. It's our pride that says, you know, I don't need you to help me pray. But the truth is, I most certainly do. And it's that pride that keeps me from asking you for help to pray. Can you this morning, I know you, you didn't struggle so much with the, the last screen. I need, uh, I, need, I need God's help. This one's a little different. I need your help to get God's help. So it's asking someone else to pray for you. Ironically, I was up uh, early this morning uh, praying, and I got a text quite a while before dawn. Uh, it, it was a Gideon. There's a Gideon who texts me every Sunday well before dawn, as that would get on some pastor's nerves right there, it doesn't mind. So he texts me well before dawn, I'm praying for you. And it's always different. I'm praying for you, I'm praying. And, and he knows me personally, so he'll call me by name and he'll call out different situations in my life by name. So this morning, well before dawn, he texts me, I'm praying for you. Immediately, when that text was through, there another text came through from someone in, in our church, would you pray for me? It's, uh, I often get confirmation that I'm on the right track. <laughs> this morning I got, com I got confirmation. I'm on the right track. The Holy Spirit's on the right track. Now I don't know how you're going to respond. And I don't know how you're going to move and act. But here's where the hard part comes. This morning, we're going to pray, okay? And we're going to spend time in prayer, and it's going to be different, okay? Uh, and that's what we don't like. I need you to get over that. And I need you to get and respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you, no matter what anybody else does or doesn't do. Here's the thing. If, all, if everybody around you wants to sit in their pew like a knot on the log, that's up to them, okay? But if the Holy Spirit moves you, don't worry about the knots on the log, all right? When the Holy Spirit moves you, then it's time to move. I love the T-shirt that I saw. You know what Matthew 28, 18, the first word is? Go, right? Go. The t t-shirt that said let's go bold let's go Matthew 28 18 go when the Holy Spirit moves you go move okay we often we always pause the uh, or stop the live stream during our during our prayer time and we're going to do that this morning so we don't want anybody you know anybody live to feel uncomfortable so we're going to stop, stop the live stream now bef before we pray, okay?